Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Welcome to an entire week of bonus episodes titled Carry Out in Corona. Of all the conflicting information we're receiving these days, I'm having the most difficulty reconciling the call to support small local businesses with the command to stay home. Is it possible to support small restaurants without contributing to the spread of coronavirus? I felt the best way to answer this question was simply to hear the stories of small food-based businesses in crisis and ask them. I reached out to Fresh Farm for this series because as the host of 30 farmers markets in the DC metro area, featuring the work of 240 producers, I knew Fresh Farm would have a unique perspective on the struggles of both vendors and consumers during this crisis. What I did not know, but was absolutely thrilled to learn about is the number of meaningful programs Fresh Farm has in place to ensure access to fresh, nutritious food for underserved populations in the DC area. So happy to share this and much more with you in Fresh Farm's information-packed interview. Here's Molly Scalise, Director of Communications. Let's start way back at the beginning, just with the conception of Fresh Farm. So tell me what the vision was here. Yeah, so we started actually as a project based out of the American Farmland Trust. Our two co-founders, Ann Yonkers and uh, Bernie Prince, they wanted to start farmers markets in D.C. um, and initially had it as a project out of American Farmland Trust. We opened our first market in 1997, the DuPont Circle Farmers Market. We had 15 farmers from four states there. And eventually the Fresh Farm moved out of um, American Farmland Trust and became its own nonprofit. And over the past 20 plus years, we have opened markets all over D.C. into Maryland and Virginia. We now have a network of nearly 30 farmers markets that represent almost 240 farmers and producers from the Mid-Atlantic region. Um, Most of those farmers and producers are coming from roughly within 200 miles of D.C. from Virginia, Maryland, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and then Washington, D.C. as well. So we've really grown a lot over the past 20 years, and particularly just in the past six months, um, we've had a really big transition. At the end of 2019, we merged with another farmer's market organization based in D.C. called Community Food Works. They Mm. had been around for um, about five years and Mm -hmm. had grown a lot over the past few years. We already worked really closely with them on a few different grants, focusing on food access, We collaborated with them a lot just in general market managing practices and things like that. And so when Fresh Farms executive director um, left the organization last summer, it kind of seemed like a natural opportunity. We were looking for a new executive director. We had already Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, we already had this groundwork of working really closely with Community Food Works. So we ended up bringing their executive director, um, Hugo Mulligan, on as our executive director and the organization merged. So, yeah, that's been a, a really great um, positive experience. I think for everybody, Mm. you know, we, we have been able to streamline market operations. We now have, you know, a larger network of farmers and producers that can Mm -hmm. tap into a larger network of farmers markets. We have a much bigger staff. Um, and additionally, we have a lot of programs 
in connection with our farmers markets, um, yeah. had a really strong educational program called food prints. Yeah. So that is a, um, a food education program that we partner with DC public schools. We're currently in 15 DC mm. public schools wow. and we bring in cooking education, gardening education, um, nutrition. So the kids in their food prints classes, mm. which they have roughly once a month, they mm-hmm. get some gardening experience. They get to prepare a nutritious meal with the ingredients that they harvest from the garden. And then they get to share that mm. meal together. So um, that's been an amazing program that has grown a lot over the years and is, is very much in demand in, in DC public schools. Um, and then Community Food Works had a really great focus on um, food access and kind of innovative mm. ways to get food to underserved communities. So their pop-up food hub model uses farmers markets as a base to then bring wholesale orders to institutions that may otherwise not be participating in the local food system. So, hmm. um, you know, child care centers, senior centers, we're bringing the food from the farmers markets to those institutional partners so they can bring it to their clients. Um, mm. So we're really excited to see the synergies between all of these, these programs that both groups brought to the table in addition to just bringing our farmers markets together. So it's been mm. a very exciting time for us. That's amazing. Well, I think the food prints program is incredible. Um, what, no pun intended, what seeds you're planting, <laughs> you know, in mm-hmm. future, you know, chefs, hospitality workers, and even just home cooks, because there really is such a dearth of food education. I think there's this gap, there's very high end food education, mm-hmm. you know, on the food network, but just those basics, the primers of how do you get food, how do you peel a potato, that's an education that's lacking, not just for children, but adults also. And so to give that to kids and to empower them to make good food choices and know how to work with products that they might not know how to work with otherwise, that's incredible. I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's really cool is that we bring in a lot of parent volunteers into the Mm. classroom. So they're learning these skills along with their kids. And then the Mm. kids, when they go home, you know, they bring the copies of the recipe home. And so When they are making dinner with their families, they may say, I want to make kale salad. I want to make, you know, ABC salad with apple beets and carrots. And so they already kind of have those habits. And they've had such a positive experience in their classroom where they've been enjoying the meal with their friends. Right. They they grew the carrot. And then when they taste the carrot and the salad, they just have such a greater appreciation for it. And they're bringing that excitement back to their families. So, yeah, it's really it's a it's a great program. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. And there's really nothing quite like the empowerment you receive when you cook something that mm-hmm. you like and that others appreciate. That's Absolutely. an incredibly gratifying feeling. So to implant that in a child early so they can um, know what that feels like and be motivated to cook more, that's wonderful. That's good. And then um, forgive me, but I don't think I quite understood. I didn't quite grasp the community works. It takes, so it buys food from farmers and brings mm-hmm. it to underserved populations. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that right? And then yes. where, yeah. So where is the funding for that? So, I mean, quite a bit of it is, is grant funded. Um, okay, so, you good. know, we are a nonprofit, so it's a, it's a charitable outlet, but I believe that's that okay. the institutional partners also, you know, have a, have a small investment that they're making as well. Okay. That's good. And so mm-hmm. bottom line, the farmers are getting paid and their produce is being used and underserved populations are getting fresh food. Yes, exactly. And I think what's really unique about the model is that these farmers are already coming to the farmer's market anyway. So if they can just load up a a wholesale Mm. order 
in addition to what they're already bringing to the market. And then our staff is the one are the ones who are taking that wholesale order and distributing it to the partners who need it. It's bringing in, as you said, more revenue for the farmers. It's connecting these partners to food that they may not otherwise have had access to because a lot of them, you know, they're very small orders, so they're not going to be able to get them from Mm. a larger wholesale distributor. But when we can serve as that missing link, um, expanding the reach of the, the farmer's markets who are already in our network and already selling it, you know, the, the farmer's market on a regular basis, um, we're just really able to increase the reach and the touch of, of that local mm-hmm. food and kind of bring it into a whole model where, you know, the, the farmer's market is having such a farther reach to all these other areas. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me now. Thank you for your <laughs> <Of> <laughs> with course. my questions. So you are really bringing such a unique perspective um, to this conversation that I'm trying to have this week. You're kind of the nexus. You have farmers as vendors. Um, they're in crisis. And mm-hmm. then you have customers of these farmers at your actual market. So they're in crisis because they're trying to decide what's the safest way for me to get my food and how can I help these farmers? And then you have the underserved populations that you Mm -hmm. help. So how are all of these groups, I guess I'm counting three groups, maybe there's more I haven't thought of. How are these three different groups affected by this crisis? Yeah, um, it has been such a whirlwind over the past mm. few weeks as we've kind yeah. of grappled with, you know, mm. what is our role? How do we keep things safe? And it's been, it's been really hard. Um, mm. So I think for um, kind of the way we see it is that farmers markets are an essential service. Um, mm-hmm. Farmers markets across the city, uh, across the country um, by many different states and jurisdictions, uh, they've been designating farmers markets as essential because they're like grocery stores. They're an important food access point. For a lot of people, it might be the only place that they can get fresh food, um, especially we have a matching program at our farmer's markets, like many farmer's markets across the country, where if someone shops with a nutrition benefit, such as SNAP or WIC or something like that, oh. we will match what they spend. So if you okay. come and swipe your SNAP EBT card and take out $10 off of your SNAP account, we'll give you an additional $10 to spend at the market. So you have $20. So we we try really hard to make the markets um, accessible and recognize that they are a primary food source for a lot of people. Yeah. So it's been every week things have been changing and every week we've been trying to you know figure out what the rules yeah. are, figure out what our policies are, figure out how to keep people yeah. safe. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been a lot. Everything from working with DC, Maryland, Virginia to figure out yes. are we essential? What are the rules if we can stay open? And then working with farmers to you know, figure out how to sell things online when they've never had to sell things online mm. before. Mm. Um, yeah. So um, I think for us, you know, a lot of it on the operational side has just been, as I said, you know, are, are we designated as essential, which in, in Maryland and, and DC, we have been designated as an essential business in Virginia. Yeah. We are um, in the group with restaurants and like uh, uh, permitted for takeout orders and pickup orders. So okay. um we ha- we have been able to stay open there as well. And then, so then, okay, we're open. So what is that going to look like? So we've been installing hand-washing stations at the farmer's markets. We are um, asking all the farmers to pre-bag and offer pre-orders so that people can either come and grab and go or just have their order that they already paid for online and, and pick it up at the market. Um, mm. You know, we're trying to increase space at the, at the farmer's markets, mm-hmm. which 
I think the biggest challenge is that the reason people love farmers markets and one of the biggest things that is like so identifying and important about farmers markets is that they are these community spaces. It's where people come together around local food. It's where shoppers are able to meet their, their farmers and connect over, over the food that they're, that they're sharing. And we've had to completely flip the script on that and say, Mm. you just need to come in and get your groceries and go home. And that's been really tough kind of changing that Mm. perception because even if people kind of recognize that and know that, it's so hard to get to the farmer's market and see the people that you know and the farmers that you shop with every week and not want to hang out and talk with them. Yes. Community is the heart of farmer's markets. Exactly. Exactly. And you're, um, I did not think about it that way. Mm. So you mentioned that you're providing support to farmers to help them get online. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's so... Oh, what? That's incredible that you're doing that because I, I imagine your farmers are struggling right now. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them were able to flip pretty quickly. They, mm-hmm. you know, they already had a, you know, a square account or whatever. So it was pretty easy for them to just like throw up their items online and people can place their order and go. We've actually seen a lot of really um, great collaborations among some of our farmers and producers. Um, our One of our vendors, Number One Sons, they do pickles and ferments and things like that. And they've been helping to organize a lot of the farmer's market producers to get them into a collective online store that um, can okay. people can order and then get deliveries. So you can get your pickles from number one sons, but then also, you know, your produce from one of the farms and like some of the other value added products. So that's been yeah. great to see that level of collaboration. Wow. So this, tell me the name of the, uh, they're called company. number one sons. Number one sons. So number mm-hmm. one sons is really, they're almost creating like a virtual farmer's market. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. You know, that's just one example. A lot of our farmers, you know, they're doing everything from, yeah, send me a text message and I'll pull what you want and have your name on it to, you know, fully blown online stores. So it's really everything in between. So kind of the role that we've been playing is we coincidentally just launched a new website. And so on our new website, we have a page for all of our farmers. And so we're trying to get all of their pre-order information up there so that if people are coming to our website, they can see, okay, these people are going to be at the market this weekend. Here's what their options are. Um, Mm. So, yeah, it's just been a whirlwind of trying to build new infrastructure, really, of, you know, how to to get food. Because at the end of the day, you know, the, the... Food is still being produced. Farmers are still growing food. Right. Um, and so we're trying to figure out how can we get it to to shoppers in a right. way that's as, as safe as possible. So Right. And um, it's not a bag of chips. I mean, there's right, a shelf life right. to these foods. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And, you know, at the end of the day, especially when people are concerned about their, their health and their well-being, fresh, nutritious food is really important. And, yeah. you know, arguably being able to shop at an open-air market um, is perhaps preferable than being in a, you know, an enclosed grocery store. So a lot of people are really, you know, it's been great to see the kind of, there still is that community feel of, I'm so grateful that you are here. Like, I can't wait until we can all hang out at the farmer's market again. But like, you know, it's, it's been a lot of thank you for being here, which has been really nice, especially because it has been such a, such a challenge to, we're implementing new new ways to keep the market safe every week. So this week right. mm-hmm. at our DuPont Circle Farmers Market, which is is our biggest and our and our busiest, 
even though we were trying to spread people out over the course of the day and asking people to social distance, you know, there were still a lot of people who were coming. So this week we said, okay, we're going to have a single entry point and we're only going to let, you know, a certain number of people into the market at a time. So that really helped. And every, every week we're learning, every week we're changing. And uh, it's just been a, it's truly been a whirlwind and uh, I'm sure this weekend will be even different again (laughs) as we, as we continue to improve. I think that's the thing that is inspiring so much awe in me for all of the people that I'm interviewing for this little, this little pop-up series is the agility um, Mm -hmm. and the efficiency and just making so many changes so quickly. These are things that you would plan months out for if you had the opportunity to do so. Right. 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 I think that's amazing. Yeah. And really should be commended. And you're doing it, you know, to serve other people. That's the thing about the hospitality and the food industry is you're doing it to serve others, you know? So, so yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that second group of people that you serve your customers. So Mm -hmm. compare the experience and the level of safety for your customers to where you would go to the store, come home and make your own food. Um, What can you say about the comparative safety for customers. Yeah. You know, I think that we're, we're pretty on par with, um, yeah. with supermarkets. Um, and especially once you consider that you're in the open air and yeah. you know, it's in the sunlight and the fresh air, then, you know, you're not having the potential challenges of being in an enclosed space. And our, our farmers have really, you know, gone above and beyond and they really care about their customers. We all want everyone to be safe. And so they have completely changed everything that they're doing. Some of them have tables set up where you come up to the table, you tell them what you want, they grab it out of the back and they give it to you. And it's all, you know, pre-bagged. They might have just a handful of options that you can select from. A lot of them, and we've seen more and more over the weeks, um, are just shifting to kind of CSA type boxes Mm. where a customer can (laughs) pre-order it or, or buy it on site that day, but you maybe have, you know, a few size options and you can tell them which one you want and you take it and go home. So a lot of them are giving kind of these almost meal kit options where, Mm. um, you know, you get your box of produce. It might be a a surprise mix of things. Um, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's April. So still a lot of winter produce. So Mm -hmm. it's not going to be too many surprises, a lot of root veggies and grains (laughs) and things like that. Um, yeah, you know what you're getting. So, and as a farmer said to me yesterday, you know, we can consider the experience of walking into the grocery store and walking into a farmer's market and maybe say they're equal or even a farmer's market is superior in the sense that it's open air, like you said. Mm -hmm. But when you look behind those scenes and you think about the supply chain, this literally what people are getting at your farmer's markets are coming from a farm via one person or family with maybe a small yes. staff to the market. And then there, there's not the supply chain of pickers, packers, shippers, unpackers, and who knows how many other, I don't really know much about the supply chain <laughs> in America, but it's a much shorter supply chain. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think whenever, particularly like when food scares happen, you know, that can be detrimental to farmers when people are thinking a lot about food safety. It's the same thing where you, your supply chain is so much shorter. There's so many fewer points of contact. Also the vast majority of these farmers are using arguably way better practices, um, more sustainable Mm. practices than commercial farmers that are, you know, shipping products from California or across the country or from, from other countries. So yeah, there's, there's a, a lot fewer of, 
possibility for, you know, illness entering yeah. the chain. You know, as, as I said earlier, the one of the biggest parts of the farmer's market is that, you know, farmer to customer connection. Yeah. It's not just the face to face that you're having at the market, but it's also, you know, that is the person who probably harvested those carrots, yes. you know, the day well, before. And- Yes. And I don't think that that should be underestimated from maybe um, what kind of perspective, I guess, a mental health perspective, just in the sense that for your customers that are supporting farmers and have are in a relationship with farmers, there is something meaningful mm-hmm. about saying, I'm going to continue that relationship. I'm going to keep buying from them. So they can continue to stay in business. And I think that as we struggle, as we struggle with feeling powerless, to be able to continue to buy in that way is actually a very, it's a gratifying thing to do. It it feels good, (laughs) which is important right now. Absolutely. Mm. And even if it is, you know, kind of a truncated experience compared to what we're used to of being able to spend your Sunday morning lingering at the farmer's market you still are seeing those people that you know. You know you're supporting a small local business and helping your local economy. You know you're getting fresh, nutritious food for for yourself and your family. And mm-hmm. there's still that sense of of familial, you know, community that we're all in this together. We're all working really hard to, you know, farmers are working really hard to keep customers fed. The market managers are really working hard to keep everybody safe. And it really is just even as we're trying to kind of scale back that sense of, of, Mm -hmm. you know, community festival, fun, hangout place, it still is a community and it still is a family. And we're all, you know, just trying to keep each other fed and keep each other safe. Right. And there's nothing like the exchange of money for product that says, I support you. That means a lot, you know? Right. (laughs) So, and um, I'm curious, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm so glad you shared with me how much work um, Farm Fresh does for underserved populations. Are you Mm -hmm. able to continue any of that right now? And specifically, is there a way that my listeners could support that work right now? Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we are still offering our match for for Snap shoppers. So anybody mm-hmm. who comes to spend their benefits, we will we will continue to match it. We match pretty much all federal nutrition benefits. Um, the main ones are Snap, WIC, and then Senior Farmers Market um, nutrition checks. So mm-hmm. we have so many customers who, you know, come every week, redeem their their Snap benefits. They'd much rather spend their Snap money at the farmers market where they know it will go farther because of this match than, mm, um, right. you know, going to the grocery store or if they don't really have easy access to a grocery store, maybe it's like their local corner store or convenience store. And so being able to have the access to, to fresh, healthy food is just so important, um, for, for everyone, um, yeah. you know, regardless of their economic background. And so we're, we're really glad to be able to continue providing that service. And, you know, we have no intentions of, of stopping that due mm. to, due to the pandemic. So, um, yeah, and if um, if listeners are interested in supporting that work, they can make a donation to Fresh Farm at freshfarm.org, um, mm-hmm. and you can even say, you know, restricted for for um, the Fresh Match program. Okay, and clearly you can't continue the Food Pins program right now because schools are not in session. There's just no way you could continue that. And how about the Community Works portion? Is that at all? Yeah, so (laughs) everything is different right now, (laughs) as I I know it is for for pretty much everybody. Um, So Food Prints has actually 
um, like like the schools that they work in, have shifted to a virtual learning model. So we have a lot of resources mm-hmm. on our website um, that uh, it's you know resources that families can use at home. So kind of oh, bringing the wow. food lessons into their home. Yeah. So our food prints that's incredible. Really hard to get those resources up. So you know, there's, there's worksheets that kids can do. Uh, We have a huge recipe database on our website where you can find those food prints recipes to cook at home. Um, and a lot of other, you know, curriculum lessons and things like that, that, that families can look at. And we've also been posting things on our, um, social media about, you know, go outside and, you know, listen to the birds and Mm. look in the backyard for (laughs) leaves and feel different textures and, you know, all those kind of, Mm -hmm you know, grade level appropriate skills that you can, you can still do at home and kind of make it fun and, you know, spending time outside with, with your kids. So we have a lot of resources for, for that on our website and then the pop-up food hub. So the interesting thing about that is because we have this infrastructure available to us for kind of aggregating product from farmers, um, they are continuing uh, the pop-up food hub distribution with some of our partners. So that's been been in the works over the past few Good. weeks. And we've also been discussing, um, so one, another element of the pop-up food hub is, um, what we call the market share. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like a CSA, but rather than, um, sub- signing up for a subscription with one particular farmer, we are aggregating product from across the market and making, you know, bags available for shoppers. So that's a, a, pro- a program that we typically offer during the spring and summer season. And w- right now, we're trying to figure out how to offer that um, kind of earlier in the season than we normally would mm, and really right. focusing on like how can we offer more options to our shoppers um, to Got buy it. groceries safely. So they've been working really hard on that. We're hoping to be able to um, get some more information about that in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, it, it, everybody's been very busy <laughs> just figuring yeah. out oh. you know, how do we shift our models to to still do what we've been doing and, and, you know, support the people that we work with, but in a completely right. different and, way. Yeah. And something that I assumed was impossible, you guys have already accomplished. So <laughs> good, good on you for that. <laughs> All right. So I would just like to sum it up with two things. And one, is there anything that you would just really want me and my listeners to walk away with from this episode? And secondly, can you just tell us about how to contact you and which markets are open right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would just say the biggest takeaway is just a reminder that farmers markets are a really critical part of our food system. They support local economies. They support small local farmers, which is a you know population that is rapidly dwindling in this country. And so it's really important to you know, shop local and, and shop from people who are, are growing the food and, you know, don't live too far away. And also mm-hmm. just keeping in mind how much work goes into putting on a farmer's market. I think a lot of people, when they go to a farmer's market, may just imagine that it <laughs> just popped up overnight. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of work mm-hmm. happens behind the scenes to make that mm-hmm. happen, especially now as we have so many, um, you know, new policies and safety measures in place. So we we're really grateful for the support of our communities and We'll continue to to work with our farmers and our shoppers and and you know the states that we work in to keep bringing food to to our communities. And um, as far as contacting us, our website is freshfarm.org. So there's information there about all of our programs, how to donate, um, how to get in touch about specific questions. 
And then our social media handle is at Fresh Farm DC. So that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And currently, our whole schedule is on our website. So we'll be posting announcements on, on when and which farmers markets will be opening. All of that information will be on the market schedule on our website at freshfarm.org. Perfect. Thank you so much, Molly. Thank you very much. This was great talking to you. I enjoyed it. Have a great day, okay? Okay, thanks so much. You too. Thanks again to Molly. As she emphasized in the interview, this is a fluid situation. Openings are, of course, subject to the rules of the city, and producers are constantly reevaluating their products. Therefore, I encourage you to check Fresh Farms' website frequently. All of their contact information is on my site in the show notes. I'll continue this series on Monday with the lovely Turner and Ariane, owners of Vegetable and Butcher. Can't wait to share with you the one big decision they've made in this crisis that left me speechless and teary-eyed. Subscribe now to get that episode, the rest of this series, and of course, my regular content. In the meantime, have a great weekend, my friends.